0: The dynamic ministry of Pastor Mark has blessed hundreds of lives across the globe. In this message, you'll be informed by the Word of God, reformed by the love of God, and transformed by the power of God as Pastor Mark takes us through a journey of the revealed Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word. Shalom, everybody. God bless you so much for tuning in to this edition of the podcast. If you are ready as I am, shall we take a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for such a time as this. We ask that you will inform us by your word, reform us by your love, conform us to your will, and transform us by your power. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the saints of God would say a believing amen ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters at this juncture i want you to get your bibles your notebooks your writing pads your pens your tablets and every other thing that you would need even as we journey deep into the revelations of god's word prepared for us this day hallelujah and so to begin with we would be looking at the third law of prosperity. The third law of prosperity. If you have been following the series so far, we spoke about what true prosperity is in the first message. Then we went on to talk about the first law. We spoke about the second law. And today, by the grace of God, we would be looking at the third law. I would entreat you and encourage you to visit the podcast and listen to the first two laws of prosperity even as you make up your mind and time to with us on this particular episode hallelujah and so the third law of prosperity is the law of obedience hallelujah the law of obedience we want to begin by defining what obedience is what is obedience when we talk about obedience what are we talking about now in simple terms obedience means functioning within your boundaries and limitations as prescribed by an authority functioning within your boundaries and the limitations that have been mapped out for you as prescribed by an authority. So, when it comes to the subject of obedience, it is determined by an authority, a recognized authority over your life. And for that matter, it could be um, your parents, your leaders, your supervisor, your director, your manager, your pastor, your ministry coordinator. Whatever the case may be, obedience comes or stems from the authority in question hallelujah and so obedience like i said in the beginning means functioning within your boundaries so authority sets out or mapped out or maps out certain boundaries that determine how you should move and act and if you are able to stay within those boundaries you are said to be obedient hallelujah now progressively i want us to look at the link between obedience and prosperity because we are talking about the laws of prosperity so what then is the correlation between obedience and prosperity what is the link between obedience and prosperity let's take a journey to Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33 the 33rd verse of Deuteronomy chapter 5 we will be reading from the New International Version. The New International Version. The Bible says, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. So that you may live and prosper. The verse began by admonishing the listener, admonishing the audience to walk in obedience to the end that they will prosper and prolong their days. Hallelujah. And so from this verse, we discover that there is a correlation. There is a link between obedience and prosperity. It can be noticed. That there is a direct correlation between obedience and what? Prosperity. To mean that prosperity is the destination of those who walk on the path of obedience. If you find yourself on the path of obedience, the destination of that path is that it must land you on the junction of success. You must arrive at the bar stop of success if you use the road of obedience let's also look at job chapter 36 verse 11 reading from the new international version the Bible says by the testimony of two or three witnesses a matter shall be established so we want to take a second verse to buttress the first verse job the 36th chapter and the 11th verse the Bible said if they obey and serve him If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. They will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. So once again, we see the correlation, the link, the connection between obedience and prosperity it began by saying if they obey and serve him they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity so you can tell your future by the obedience you are walking in today there is a bright and a glorious future for every man and woman every man or woman that walks in what obedience so you can determine your future by laser sharp accuracy without necessarily deploying the services of a forecaster or a prophet just by walking in obedience you can tell that your future will be prosperous on the foundation of the word of god it says if they obey and serve him they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and they are years in contentment hallelujah and so these are a few verses for the sake of time we want to look at that you know draw the line between obedience and prosperity or the role of obedience in the subject of prosperity hallelujah now we want to progress and then in progressing i want us to look at the four levels of obedience now that by the grace of god we have been able to establish that obedience leads to prosperity there is a link between obedience and prosperity there is a connection between obedience and prosperity we are we want to look at the four strata or the four segmentations in other words the four levels of obedience and to do this shall we open our bibles to the book of genesis 26 verse genesis 26 verse 5 but our emphasis is going to be on verse 5 but we want to read from verse 4 hallelujah we are going to be taking it from the new living translation it says i will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky and i will give them all these lands And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Let's read verse 5 together. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Hallelujah. Let's take that again. Verse 5. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Hallelujah. And so in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 26, there are four words I want us to pay attention to. There are four words I want us to pay attention to in Genesis 26 verse 5. The first one has to do with requirements requirements. The second one has to do with commands or commandments. The third one has to do with decrees. And then the fourth one has to do with instructions. So we have all heard about the obedience of Abraham. We have heard of how Abraham obeyed God on several occasions one of those occasions was when god asked him to leave his father's house to a land that he the lord was going to show him and then um, you know on top of it all the obedience of abraham when god instructed him to bring isaac and sacrifice him on the altar hallelujah and the bible says that that obedience was rewarded greatly by god and as descendants of abraham we also partake of this reward or blessing. Hallelujah. Now, many of us didn't know that the obedience of Abraham had four phases. The obedience of Abraham had four segments. It had four sectors. It had four levels. And that is what we want to explore this hour. That is what we want to visit this hour because already don't forget that we have established the link between obedience and prosperity hallelujah so to move forward or to progress we are going to take them one after the other in order of progression the first dimension or the first strata of obedience is called instruction instruction Now, what are instructions or what is an instruction now in my opinion instructions are short-term demands expected of a person or a group an instruction is a short-term demand expected of a person or a group of people hallelujah instruction is the first course in the school of obedience hallelujah. Usually, instructions are less demanding and may usually come from smaller authorities. When I say smaller authorities, I am not trying to undermine the authority of anybody. I am just saying this in relation to the authority that God wields in the Godhead, hallelujah. So, in in comparison to God, when I say smaller authorities, I am talking about parents, elders, leaders, supervisors, managers, in comparison with the authority of God. Hallelujah. So instructions are smaller or lower dimensions of obedience, petty, petty, you know, directives here and there, petty, petty orders here and there. Some instructions are, you know, are not hard, call it may even last for 30 seconds. Some may last for one minute some may last for an hour hallelujah instructions are usually very less demanding pick this for me run an errand for me put this here do this these are basic instructions that come our way from these varied sources of authority here and there hallelujah and so let's open our bibles to proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 reading from the new king james version the bible says my son hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother hear the instruction of your father so instructions usually come from parents supervisors elder siblings it could even come from younger ones hallelujah and they are usually very basic less demanding you know text that people demand of us occasionally hallelujah instructions may differ from time to time from home to home the instructions going uh, going on in house a are not the same as the instructions going on in house b it may differ from family to family depending on who heads that family the instructions may differ it can also differ from culture to culture and then leader to leader the demands that leader A may make of his followers is not the same demands that leader B will make of his followers. So when it comes to instruction, there is that dynamism, there is that peculiarity, there is that segregation, there is that differentiation. Because leaders differ, fathers differ, managers differ, directors differ, organizational cultures differ, and you know so on and so forth. So, when a man has successfully mastered the art and science of heeding to instructions, then he or she enters the next phase of obedience and it has to do with decrees. Somebody say decrees. What is a decree? Now, a decree is a law or an order from a king. A decree is a law or an order. From a king, now biblically, only kings had the power to make decrees. When you check the account of the scriptures on several occasions where the word decree appears, it had to do with a king, it had to do with royalty. Hallelujah! Yeah, so decrees are made by kings or by royalty. Now, additionally decrees are only binding to specific people in specific locations and this is because a king's rulership is limited to his territory so when it comes to the subject of decrees it is not binding to everybody because you are only obliged to obey a decree of your king number one Or if you find yourself in the location or jurisdiction of another king where a decree has been made, then you have a mandate to obey that decree. So, decrees are usually made to a king's, you know, subordinates, alright? People that, you know, are affiliated to a certain kingdom. For example, in Ghana, um, there have been times where, you know, decrees have come from rulership or kingship in ghana and certain people were binding as long as you are within the territory of the king that law is binding to you immediately you leave the shores of that vicinity that law loses its power over you for example there was a time where you know an activity was being done in the royal house and so noise making was banished or it was prohibited Now, this decree was supposed to last for three days, and that is how decrees work. Some decrees may last for three days, one week, one month, one year, 10 years, 100 years, depending on the, you know, the circumstances around that decree, okay? So, as long as you step out of the jurisdiction of the king that said there should be be no noise, you are free from obeying it. So there were people in other parts of the country that were free to make noise because the king made a decree and it was only binding to the people within his jurisdiction if you are with me say amen hallelujah also a decree can be changed when a more powerful king makes a counter decree or when a new king ascends the throne so A decree can either be permanent or temporary, depending on these circumstances. Number one, a king that is more powerful can make a counter decree and thereby abolish the initial decree. Number two, when the king that makes the decree dies and another king ascends the throne, he or she has the power with the backing of custom and tradition to change the decree hallelujah let's look at Luke chapter 2 verse 1 reading from the New King James version the Bible says and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered so immediately you see decree you see the name of the king and then his jurisdiction The phrase, all the world, was talking about his empire, the Roman Empire in those days. And it was believed that the Roman Empire dominated the world in those days. Hallelujah. So this is how decrees work. Now, how does it relate to you as a child of God? You need to understand that, of course, the Bible admonishes us to obey kings and people in power and people in authority. Hallelujah. But even... Far more important than all of this is the fact that every child of God belongs to the kingdom of God. Every child of God is a subject of the kingdom of God, where Jesus Christ is king. As such, the words of Jesus have become decrees unto us, and therefore we are expected to abide by them. It's as simple as that. The words of Jesus are decrees unto people in the kingdom of God because Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom of God. So if a king makes a decree and it is binding to his subjects, then when Jesus says something, it is binding to every believer because we are his subjects and we are the members or we form part of his kingdom. If you are with me, say amen. So that is the second dimension. Now, when you have been able to successfully move from this phase. Now, when it comes to degrees, all right, when it comes to degrees, like I've said, um, there are a few um, things that may affect the span of the decree. But in the case of Jesus Christ, Jesus will not die, which means that nobody can change the things he has said. Nobody can alter the things he has said. Remember I told you that the only condition for a decree to be changed is number one, when a more powerful king makes a counter decree. Or number two, when the king dies. Now in the case of Jesus, there is nobody more powerful than he is. Number two, nobody can sit on his throne because he wouldn't die. The Bible says that he ever lived he ever liveth, which stands to reason that the words of Jesus will abide forever and ever. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, let's progress. Let's look at commands or commandments. Command or what? Commandments. What is a command or what is a commandment? Now, in a layman's language, a commandment, also known as a command, is a rule or a set of rules in place by a deity hallelujah instructions come from lesser authorities parents leaders supervisors decrees come from kings commands come from gods or deities a commandment comes from a deity or a god hallelujah a commandment unlike a decree or an instruction does not change and it is not time-sensitive. A commandment is binding to everyone that follows that God or that deity and can only be changed by the deity itself. A commandment cannot be given by a man. A commandment must proceed from a God or a deity. And the only person qualified to change a commandment is the deity himself. And one of the reasons why we are said that Jesus was God was because when he came on the scene, he said previously, it was said that when this is done to you, this is how you are supposed to respond. But this is what I say hallelujah this is what i say. so jesus began to make certain alterations to the commands because he is a god in the same capacity as the god that brought forth the commands or the commandments if you are with me say amen and so a commandment must be strictly adhered to by followers of the deity or the worshippers of the deity. Unlike a decree that is binding to subjects of a kingdom, a commandment is binding to the followers or the worshippers of a deity. If you are with me, say amen. Hallelujah. And it must be strictly adhered to. Let's read Psalm 78 verse 7. Reading from the New King James Version that they may set their hope in god and not forget the works of god but keep his commandments so the commandment is a proceed of a deity or a god so in christianity we have several commandments we have the ten commandments we have the commandments of jesus christ as well and in case you don't know, if you follow the commandments of Jesus, you wouldn't break the Ten Commandments. So, as newborn babies in Christ, as new creation in Christ, we don't live by the commandments of Moses or the Ten Commandments. We lead by the command of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe in another time, we will look at that. Amen. And so, commandments serve as a guide and a way of life for every follower. Of a belief, a religion, or a deity. Hallelujah. So I hope you are getting the differences between an instruction, a decree, and a command. Praise the Lord forevermore. Then we will look at the last one, the final one requirements. Requirements. Someone say with me, say requirements. Now, what is a requirement or what are requirements? Requirements are the highest form of working in obedience. Unlike instructions, decrees, and commandments, requirements are mostly not demanded, but they are expected. Requirements are the unnamed expectation that people, a deity, or a system has of you. So when we talk about requirements they are things that people expect you to know and the things they expect you to do without telling you it is called the requirements praise the lord forevermore let's read john chapter 14 verse 31 john chapter 14 verse 31 reading from the new living translation it says but i will do what the father requires of me so that the world will know that i love the father come let's be going he says i will do what the father requires of me so that the world will know that i love the father praise the lord forevermore and so when the man moves from instruction it means that he is maturing and no longer needs to be told what to do when you begin to walk in requirements you have moved from instruction you have moved from decrees you have moved from commandments you are now working in requirement it means you have matured you, you you know what is right and you know what is expected of you if you are with me say amen hallelujah and so when a man graduates from instruction, graduates from decrees, you move past that, you go into commandments. Now you are not just living by commands, you have come to a point where you know what God expects of you. Then you have begun working in the last and the final dimension, which is what called requirements. As children growing up, we were virtually told everything to do. That was the first room we were introduced to instruction sit down stand up put it down don't walk sleep it's time to sleep wake up wear your dress eat these are what instructions a time came you were not told to bat but you were expected to take your bath it wasn't told you to do certain things but you were expected to do them and so there were instances where probably your parents or your leader or your director or your manager would show up and is wondering why something has not been done the issue is they didn't tell you but they expected you to execute it that is the level we must get to in our work with god where we have come to buy into the mind of god into the heart of god to know the things that god desires of us and without anybody telling us what to do we know what to do That is the level that God desires of us. So Jesus said, I will do what the Father requires of me because he knew what the Father required of him. He says, so that the world will know that I love the Father. When a man begins to walk in the dimension of requirement, it is is a dimension of love. You know, when you love somebody and you are in a relationship, you are in courtship, you know what the person likes. There are times even without the person making demands you provide without the person asking because you know his or her requirements without them making a demand you provide and sometimes they are taken aback they're like oh i wasn't expecting this i didn't ask for that yes and you were still able to provide because you know their favorite color you know their favorite food their favorite drink their favorite design, their favorite vendor, and all of that. And then you are able to provide. That is how our obedience with God must get to. A point must come where you shouldn't be told to pray. You shouldn't be told to fast. You shouldn't be told to give. You shouldn't be told to evangelize. Because at that level, you are walking in love. And in love, you know the requirements of your lover. Without them talking, you know what to do to take out their love. Hallelujah. And so, like I said, when a man begins to work in requirement, it means he or she has become intimate with God. It also means he or she is walking in love, like I have already said. When you spend enough time with somebody, you do things for them without them asking because you know their requirements. So, walking in requirement, like I have already said, means you have the ability to buy into the mind of God and function in His will. It also means that you have developed the technology to sense the heartbeat of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we must go past instruction. We must go past decree. We must go past commandment and start working in requirements. Knowing very well the things that God expects of us. We shouldn't wait for our pastor to say it. We shouldn't wait for a prophet to say it. We shouldn't wait for an apostle to say it. You shouldn't wait to have a dream before you sit up. You shouldn't wait for someone to threaten you before you become prayerful. Why? Because you are in a love affair with God. And as a lover, you must know what your lover demands. And sometimes without them talking, you provide. May the Lord bring us to this dimension of obedience. May the Lord cause us to walk in this dimension of obedience. May he reveal his will unto us. May he unmask his entire will to us that we may be able to know the things that He demands of us and act accordingly. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, wherever you are, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by this message. For this and more, follow Pastor Mark on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to share this message with friends and loved ones. Stay connected. We celebrate you.